Hello, awesome people. Welcome to Embrace the Pivot. I'm Dr. C. Robinson, your host for the show. Join me as we discover what pivoting actually means and how you can embrace your pivot during life's transition. Happy Monday, everyone. Today is a special edition of Embrace the Pivot podcast. Tomorrow, I am speaking at Flippa's Her Future Conference. I am so excited because the whole topic is helping women step into their power. And that's powerful, right? Because so many women, and including myself, it's not like you always feel imposter syndrome, but every now and then it can creep in. So to understand how to step into your power is going to help you become powerful. It's going to help you develop that self-confidence. So I highly recommend clicking the link below and register. It's free. Come join us. There's a fantastic lineup of speakers who want to help you. My topic is the power of the pivot. And why pivoting is so important is because we pivot at least 300 times a day, but my records and studies show it's upwards of a thousand times a day that you pivot, whether that's your mindset, in your personal life, and in your professional life. Everything really can be considered a pivot. So I will be hosting The Power of the Pivot, helping you understand more in depth what a pivot is, and how you can make it successful. Today's guest is Blake Hutchinson. He is the CEO of Flippa, and he shares with us how you can develop your business, how you can earn extra income through buying and selling online businesses. Before I knew about Flippa, I really didn't even know it was a thing. I'm going to be honest. But the more I learn about Flippa and their marketplace, I am so intrigued. It just goes to show that there literally are a million ways to get what you want in this world. You just have to keep pivoting. You just have to keep figuring out what works and what doesn't work. Flippa is the largest marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. Blake has been involved in growth stage businesses and in leadership roles for the past 15 years at Luxury Escapes, uh, Lonely Planet, and accordingly has a unique understanding of SaaS, e-commerce, and publishing businesses. He also has a unique appreciation and respect for the startup small business owners using Flippa. And he was the founder of a venture-backed startup, Good44, an e-commerce marketplace for specialty realtors. Blake has an incredible story, and I'm really looking forward to all of you hearing it. So everyone, please welcome Blake. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Cheryl Robinson. It's great to be here. Yeah. And you're halfway around the world. So even better. Thank you. You have had such an electric career with growth stage companies. I'm really curious to know what has been one of your biggest career pivots. 
Yeah, so this is the hardest question because I pivot so regularly. <laughs> um, I've had lots of career pivots, but I think probably the biggest career pivot, and, and it may be a little bit of a cop-out, but it was when I finished uh, uh, running my own company and needed to find, I guess, solace and a calmer environment and essentially waved the white flag and moved into the corporate space. Mm. And so from startup founder to corporate soldier, that felt for me the biggest pivot because I'd come from this quite traumatic founding experience and all of a sudden I was um, working for a really, really stable company in a stable environment. And so that, you know, out of all the pivots, that feels like the the most substantial for me because it enabled me to reset and get my footing again. That is so interesting. The majority of the guests usually go from corporate to founder. How were you able to adjust your mindset to, oh, now I have to follow these rules and procedures where before I was making up what I wanted? That's a really great question. And it was really actually quite fun because of how, at least how how traumatic I perceived my entrepreneurial experience to be. There was a a great sense of wanting to belong in a Mm. successful, stable environment. And there was a sense that, you know, if I did what um, others wanted me to do, um, I was actually able to achieve a bit more faster than I had in founding experience. Now, I suppose that um, that just states that that's gives you some sense of maybe the mental space I was in. And so I really needed that. And so I understand that that could be tough for most people. But in my case, I actually really enjoyed being able to backflip from being the person who creates all the work to, in some cases, receiving work. Okay. So do you think it was the accountability part, having that structure in place? Yeah. I mean, I think that I wasn't paying myself as a founder. So you get a lot... um, (laughs) A lot of uh, solace and um, comfort when, you know, someone's saying to you, hey, good job, and by the way, here's a paycheck. So uh, I, I think that it was it was the grounding you can get in a an environment where uh, there's people around you that are supportive. Now, of course, it comes down to the culture, right? So you want to go to the right company. I mean, in my case, that, that pivot was really important. I actually needed to get a job fast. And I wrote down 15 companies that I really wanted to work for and just sent it in on those companies. And so hopefully that helps to explain it a bit. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about networking? So with all those companies that you listed, how many of those companies did you actually have a contact at? Yeah, that's a good question. So the company where I ended up at post my own uh, company founding experience was called Zero. And Zero is cloud accounting software, very fast growth SaaS business globally. Interestingly enough, I did not have a contact there. Okay. And I went the LinkedIn cold uh, <laughs> email route and contacted the managing director and essentially pitched myself. Now, of course, as a startup founder, you do that so often, having to raise money and all these types of things. Yeah. So I was probably uh, well-equipped, but that was cold. There were some other organizations where I had loose contacts that could 
um, introduced me to, to senior level folk. Um, and that, yes, that helps a lot. And I'm not a natural networker and I understand how hard that can be for a lot of people. Um, I do think it's super important, but I think you can land the right job whether you have the network today or whether you need to develop it. Uh, that That's interesting because so many people say that you need to have it in place beforehand. So where does that theory come from? And obviously you applied it because you said you just cold emailed them or messaged them on LinkedIn. So how, you know, where did that theory for you come into play? Yeah, I mean, I certainly agree with those people who say you want to have it in place. The, the, the problem is, well, what if you don't? <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's it's so nice to have a really well established network, but let's let's face it, not not all of us are um, as comfortable in those surroundings. Just networking that way, uh, where does the where does the theory come from? Well, let, let's face it. Once you get to know someone, it's just so much easier to talk comfortably and openly about yourself and what you're trying to achieve, and that's why networks are so powerful. Um, but I know a lot of people who just, as I said before. Uh, don't don't feel as comfortable in those networking environments and just don't have that circle around them. And so if you have it, wonderful. If you don't, hustle. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're the CEO of Flippa. And I want to go back to your mindset. So coming from having to dissolve your company, step into a corporate role, did you have any barriers going into the CEO role or what, what was your mindset when that opportunity came about? That's a really great question. Um, my mindset was a unique one in the sense that having been a founder, um, I've actually had lots of experience post that time um, and in fact, probably that time working for founders. And so if you've been a founder, you tend to understand how a founder ticks and what their motivations are and what they're trying to achieve um, and their idiosyncrasies and the fact that they're not actually as organised um, <laughs> as some other people but are brilliant in so many different ways. And so I was actually coming out of running an online travel agency, uh, one of the world's fastest growing online travel agencies, and the board and, of course, the founders asked me to do the job I'm doing right now. So as the CEO of Flipper. And my, my mind space was um, very much, very much similar to any other pivot. And the reason it was a pivot was because going from running an online travel agency, which was mostly Australian based, to running a global marketplace to buy and sell online businesses, they're just so different. Yeah. One is essentially an e-commerce business. The other one's a marketplace. One was Australian. One was global. Uh, one was bigger and more established. This one's more, uh, you know, Flipper's got massive scale-up potential. I think my headspace was one of, do I have the um, knowledge that I need to be successful? Can I get the people around me in that marketplace space to understand? And finally, can I imagine that, this business that I'm about to go and run um, has the ability to not only help its core customer base be successful, because ultimately if you can't do that, there's no point choosing any role, I don't think. Mm -hmm. And can you also ensure that the team that you bring on um, is, is 
resilient enough to also ensure that that might be a career-defining opportunity for them. And so factoring all of those types of things, um, there was a lot about the flipper opportunity that that scared me. Um, but when something's scary, it's also exciting. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm a sucker for change, so I love it. And some people have less fond, um, <laughs> less affectionate to change. So I think in my, in my case, the headspace was, okay, here we go again. Yeah. So you're a true pivoteer. You embrace the change. <laughs> I've worked in lots of industries. I've yeah. worked around the world. And, yeah, I, I must admit I'm, I'm a big, um, I, I advocate a lot for, you know, some of your practices and theories and and celebrate the pivot quite regularly. Yeah. How has your leadership style evolved over the years? Yeah, it changes all the time. Um, I think probably the biggest thing right now is a recognition of people's strengths versus challenge with their weaknesses. And so what do I mean by that? You know, you, you expect that when someone comes to work, uh, they're smart. Uh, you expect that they're going to try hard. Um, you expect that they've got, you know, that they applied for a role and that you gave them a role that they're well equipped to do. But in a startup and scale up, the diversity of the skill set is so vast and broad that you tend to give people things to do and expect people to achieve around so many different facets. Now, the problem with that is you expose people's weaknesses. They may not have done something before. They may not like it. They may not know how to do it, and you may not have spent the time and energy to explain to them how to do it. And so you're actually better off just figuring out what people's strengths are and then orientating the business's needs and the work requirements around those strengths because it enables you to get more done and work faster. And as a selfish scale-up CEO, what you want is speed and quality. Mm, yep. and speed and quality, you can't work to people's weaknesses. You can try to develop those, but you can't work to those in the in the in the um, the heat of the battle. You have to work to their strengths. And so, my leadership style has evolved to figure out what people's strengths are very very quickly, and then harness those. I love that. And then you're able to build your team where everyone complements one another. I love that. Yeah. Maybe I should have you back on for another episode if we could go further into that. <laughs> That's great. Right. Yeah. So I am very excited to be speaking at Her Future coming up in a couple of weeks on October 18th. Why don't you share with my audience the vision around it and why it's so important for people to join in on the conversation? Yeah, firstly, thank you for joining us on, on uh, for that day. Um, so it's called Her Future, as you mentioned. It's October the 18th. It's a global virtual event, so you can log in and register from anywhere. The inspiration for Her Future is really to empower um, female business owners, female entrepreneurs, uh, people who are dreaming of becoming a uh, business owner and or entrepreneur, looking to start, grow, scale, and of course, potentially exit, which is very close to the flipper uh, vision and mission. And the motivation, frankly, is that there are we are we're getting closer to parity around actual ownership numbers 
So there's many women now who own great quality businesses, but in fact, very few of them have the support networks around them, have the um, awareness of the opportunity that is out there to exit and thrive with an exit. And the numbers are quite damning. Mm -hmm. And so on Flipper, there is less than 15% of females uh, and women business own business, uh, women businesses that are owned by women that exit. And PitchBook reported that less than 10% of exits in the 2021 uh, year were from women owned businesses. Wow. And so that's pretty damning. Yeah. Yeah. Yet our experience is that, um, you know, female business owned businesses tend to sell, sell through faster. They tend to be um, articulated better. They tend to have standard operating procedures where, where others might not. And so there's so much to love about uh, women business ownership. There's so much to celebrate there. But what we want to do is bring experts around women business owners globally. And this is just the beginning. This is the start of our initiatives around um, women business ownership and bring awareness by bringing on some extraordinarily um, well-resourced, well-networked experts um, who can help you across so many different facets of the business running phase. Yeah, I'm so excited. There's a great lineup and yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited. (laughs) So I would like to end with what is the biggest piece of advice you have for anyone who's looking to pivot? Oh, this is a cop out. I'm going to say just do it, right? So this this is an amazing thing because um, my wife's just gone through an amazing pivot. Um, I've pivoted six or seven substantial <laughs> pivots through my career. The funniest thing is the fall is never that hard, right? Oh. So you change and you're scared and everything's different and you'll find that you are way more resilient than you actually thought and you'll find that the skills you have somewhere are so applicable everywhere that inevitably the fall isn't that hard. It's a very um, bit of a cop-out, my recommendation, which is just do it. Just do it. I can't believe I'm using Nike slogan as part of my uh, recommendation, but anyway. You are the first person to say that the fall isn't that hard. I appreciate that. Thank you. And before I let you go, where can my listeners find you on social media and find Flippa on social media? Yeah, my preference is LinkedIn. So just find me there, Blake Hutchison. Um, if you do one on Twitter, I'm there, I guess. Okay. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you have a wonderful week and I hope all of you are able to join me tomorrow at Flippa's Her Future Conference. See you then. You can follow me, Dr. C, on Instagram at Embrace the Pivot. I hope all of you embrace your pivot.